You're listening to the Comms Risk Podcast. Hello, I'm Eric Prescounds, and this is episode 32 of the Comms Risk Podcast. Today's episode features an excerpt from a presentation given at the 2017 London Conference of the Risk and Assurance Group, commonly known as RAG. It's a timely reminder that the 2018 London Conference is almost upon us and will once again be held at BT's head office on April 24th and 25th of this year. The speaker we're featuring today is John Preston, Head of Billing, Collections, Risk and Assurance at Tesco Mobile, the largest MVNO in the United Kingdom. John is also a member of RAG's steering committee and he'll be one of the speakers at RAG London 2018. For his 2017 presentation, John tackled the question of how assurance teams like his can cover the entire end-to-end lifecycle for telecoms customers. To make his point, he built on three examples faced by his team in reality, which were how his team modified their work in response to changes to EU roaming rules, what can be done to lessen SIM abuse, and finally, what his team could do to mitigate the risk of never-pay customers. So let's jump in and begin with John outlining what we might consider the work of the telco's revenue assurance function. Because I I came to RA quite late in my career, what I thought I'd do before I came here, I thought I'd do a little bit of research about what is RA. So first, what I tried to find out is because what was predominantly uh, revenue assurance has now become risk and assurance, I thought, oh, I'll do a bit of a search on risk and assurance. Not a lot turned up, so I thought, okay, let's let's do a search on revenue assurance. And and, and this, this is what came up. It says, revenue assurance is a niche business activity most commonly undertaken within businesses that provide telecommunication services. Nick. The activity is the use of data quality and process improvement methods that improve profits, revenues, and cash flows without influencing demand. Revenue assurance is led by a dedicated revenue assurance department. Other things are found out. A small business unit associated with that activity. Maybe not after we saw BT's presentation this morning. (laughs) The sphere of influence varies greatly between telecommunication service providers. It's a broad umbrella term. Responsibility for revenue assurance is often diffuse. And responsibilities for RA primarily sits between the finance and technology directorates. And it's most commonly relating to billing and collection of revenue. Now perhaps in the next few slides, I'm going to demonstrate how this um, traditional opinion of RA is probably not true today. If we look at the basic telecoms process map on RA, and you see where traditional revenue assurance uh, roles sit across uh, usage, where people consume services, and generally billing. And then you get the various support functions that support that process. Customer care, credit referrals, credit reference agents, cause and risk, legal and reg, etc. Now, it tends, traditional revenue insurance tends to sit in that area for various reasons. And I think this is why it's always predominantly done that. Because 
It's a target area for abuse, arbitrage and other types of abuse. There's a lot of volume here, usage records and like that. There's a lot to go wrong. It's also very complex architecture. You know, it's not just one box in reality, is it? So, um, regulation. So the need to meet Ofcom requirements. So the focus is in that area because we need to prove that we're pricing and billing accurately in the eyes of Ofcom. Um, there's automation available in these areas. So there's a lot of tools available for, the, for those particular areas of the business. And there's quantifiable benefits, undercharging, records, lost, unbillable usage. Now, I feel that bringing RA earlier in the process and giving end-to-end -end coverage will give a bigger benefit. And to, to try and prove that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to discuss three scenarios um, that have either happened to us or are happening to us currently. As, as Tesco Mobile and probably other telecoms provide. I'm going to look at the EU roaming regulations, SIM abuse and NITP. I'll explain what NITP is for anybody that doesn't realise what it is later on. But first of all, EU roaming regulations. I suppose a show of hands, how many people are aware of the EU roaming regulations coming in in June this year? Not, not many, anyway. It's actually happening three months to the day today. It's only three months away now. Um, now, if we go back to our process map and look at the areas that are impacted by this, you tend to find that customer care impacted, and they get calls about this. It's a legal and regulatory thing that we've got to do because it's an EC, EC directive. Um, and finance are also contributing to this because um, they're going, where's my revenues gone? Because everything is now going to be in bundle. Um, the EU regulation itself, it's massive. All those people that used to um, go on holiday, they'd switch the phone off, or they'd all, be, they'd all be camped in the reception in the hotels, wouldn't they, trying to get the best Wi-Fi signal, um, or they'd only book hotels, you know. Or the, you'd all find them around a certain corner of the pool because that's where you got the wife, best Wi-Fi signal. Those days are gone on the 15th of June. So it's going to cause, it's going to cause a lot of um, heartache and a lot of different experience in the EU. Traditionally then, if you look here in the billing and usage area, um, you could have abuse of the service. So one of the big things in the regulation is all about um, fair use, all about how people could consume massive amounts of data and minutes, etc., and therefore how you should uh, act against that within the regulations. Fair use monitoring. So somebody's got to measure. Somebody's got to measure what people are using, and they've got to monitor what they're doing in that. And also, somebody's got to measure whether you're pricing roaming accurately and you've got completeness of records under this new regime. So the, those are the things that you would do in the normal revenue assurance area. But I think there's more to it than that. So if we look at trying to bring revenue assurance back to the front of this process, think about the marketing and product development 
of the Roman regulation. In this area here, you can influence the tariff design. So you can actually design a tariff that meets the needs of the regulation and of your customers. Revenue assurance can contribute to that. It's not, it's not just a marketing job. System configuration and build. You can decide, decide what your systems are going to do back in the early stages, well before you start getting any usage through. And a fair use policy. So, the fair, the fair use policy, there's a, there's a big long explanation about um, if you want to um, manage somebody's data, you can, you can cap them on extremely large data tariffs. And it says something like, you take the wholesale rate of 7.7 um, euros, you decide how many uh, megabytes or gigabytes of data somebody could buy with their monthly tariff spend, you then determine how much that is that they could buy with that monthly tariff spend. Then you can double it, and, and then you can apply a cap within the data, data bundle you already provide to your customers. Oh, whoa, just a minute. <laughs> I can't explain this to myself, never mind to a customer. <laughs> so, luckily, customer experience and marketing said the same. So, contributing earlier in this process helps define those sorts of policies that are fair to the customers and means they can understand them rather than just staying in the traditional area. Proposition development as well. So we've done a bit of research on some of our competitors. Some of them are offering tariffs that have roaming in and some tariffs that don't have roaming in. They're already thinking about this. Um, and that's why traditionally, I was going to say here, revenue assurance then becomes more risk and assurance because you're thinking of things in a more forward way. Let's do another one. Let's do SIM abuse. So SIM abuse, we'll look at our process map again. Finance impacted, loss of revenue. In the traditional area, you could have arbitrage, you've got revenue leakage, you've got to provide some form of usage monitoring, and you've got to have abuse controls in place. That's the traditional approach. But let's have a think over here about why that's really happening. So the reason all these things are happening is because people are getting their hands on your sims in the first place. So this was very easily found on the web. 100 Tesco mobile sims for sale. How many sims do you allow people to put in a shopping basket in the store? How many sims do you let people buy online? And how many sims can they buy in your phone shop? So by moving the control of this to early in the process, you should be able to look at your buying velocity rules, for example. So people can only buy four or five sims at a time, they can't get sims for free, and they're not running off with hundreds of them. Also, again, your proposition development. You may not wish to offer unlimited propositions because of this abuse, and, um, especially if you don't have uh, controls in the background. 
And again, fair usage policy explained to your customers up front. All these things are items that a risk and assurance person can contribute to earlier in the process. Last one, an ITP. I've given the game away now. No, no intention to pay. Um, this, this is often called uh, a type of fraud. So the, these are people that are, in effect, taking out contracts and they just don't pay you. Um, it's a bit of a contentious one for risk and assurance, this, and I'll show you why in a minute. So if you look again at the process map and where, I've now called it risk and assurance, you know, changed it from reference assurance, we're moving on. Um, <laughs> if you look at where the, and the various support functions that are impacted here, uh, the, this, these functions are your uh, referrals or credit reference agencies, fraud and risk play a big part in this, debt collection agencies and debt buyers are all impacted by this, and, and so are finance. So, the impact, it doesn't actually touch the traditional area. So if you look at where this, where this impacts, you've got what we call fraud, because we consider no intention to pay to be a type of fraud. You've got handset loss. So people aren't running off with your usage here. They're, uh, you know, they're running off with one of these nice shiny things instead. No, actually, in fact, I'm wrong there. They're, they're running off with one of these nice shiny things <laughs> instead because actually they're, um, they're very, there's a lot of brand snobbery in fraud as well, believe it or not. So. <laughs> they're not. Uh, <laughs> um, and your onboarding rules have, have play a part in uh, whether customers can do this or not. In the collection end, you could be hitting your debt sale. So if you're trying to sell debt, for example, people don't want to buy customers who have no intention to pay. Your collections liquidation, you're going to really struggle to collect money from these customers, and so your, your debt value is going to go up. And your debt volume value will increase. Now, risk and assurance traditionally doesn't play a part in this, but I think they can. So I think they can affect the end-to-end -end process here and come early in the process and later. So they can look at automated controls. So the automated controls that potentially use in the usage area, we could make them available to be used in the fraud and risk area. Data sharing. And, and we do this already quite a bit, but data sharing between different operators. And, and forums like this help. Um, and tomorrow with our fraud uh, day, Sharing things between each other helps as well. At the other end, we can help with the revenue leakage identifica identification. Uh, the revenue leakage associated with this fraud help quantify it and show it to the business. And we can provide dashboard monitoring. So we have revenue assurance dashboards in place. Why not put the fraud in there as well? So having thought about all that, the, if you're going to manage risk and assurance end-to-end, -end, that might mean that the, pros, the profile of the people that do it would have to change to achieve that. So, I don't know, is, is anybody aware of the Tetramap profile mapping? Does anybody have? 
telephonic of people easily from their hands up there. <laughs> so there's, there's various people profiling things like that, but uh, Tetra Map is quite a good one, and it, it, it's based upon um, four areas of um, earth, air, fire, and water. And you answer a set of questions, and then it tells you what your predominant traits are, and that tells you what type of person you are. Um, so I try to map this onto um, a risk and assurance person. And what I came up with is your traditional risk and assurance person is probably very earth air. Um, they're doing and understanding type people. Their world, so an earth, world, earth person's world is firm, self-assured, definite and confident. And an air person is, cl is clear, logical, considered, structured and planned. And what you tend to find, you tend to find a lot of these type of people in your traditional RA world. But if you wish to consider an end-to-end -end world, you might need some people who think slightly differently. So water people and fire people, feeling and imagining. Imagining, sorry. And a water person is calm, shared, sensitive, appropriate and balanced. And a fire person is bright, creative, spontaneous, relevant and fun. So if we're looking across a new risk and assurance profile, perhaps we should be looking at recruiting people that bring some of these other things into that world. Not, there's no one person that's uh, equal of all these four, by the way. People usually have two predominant ones. Um, and you can tell me what you think mine are later. Um, so the role of the risk assurance profession is changing. A broader skill set is required to provide influence in the end-to-end -end process. So in summary, um, having got this profile, it requires, it requires for a different type of, uh, type of approach. So the opportunities to contribute across the end-to-end -end process are wide-ranging and exciting. There's a need to strike a balance between when to be the doer and when to be the influencer. So if you start going into the end-to-end -end world, um, I've got a, a revenue assurance department, including myself, of three. So you, you can imagine that um, when we do this, it's very difficult for one team to manage all that. So in some cases, what you have to do is influence others to do it, and you have to support them. So perhaps things like margin assurance belong in finance, but you help them to achieve it. The profile of a typical risk assurance person is changing. We're adapting to new challenges and therefore recruiting different types of people. The core processes of identification and measurement still remain. So you have to know, know that you are losing revenue still, but the traditional areas to look for it have changed. So you still have to prove your worth in effect, and you still have to prove that uh, there's some revenue leakage somewhere but maybe you're just not looking for it in the traditional areas. And you also need a risk-based approach. So if you're going to take this view, you're going to find a lot of things out. Um, if you don't use a risk-based approach, you're going to be fixing the things that are maybe worth less first. 
So you need to find that uh, you need to uh, take a risk-based top-to-bottom approach. You've been listening to John Preston, Head of Billing, Collections, Risk and Assurance at Tesco Mobile, talking about the ways he believes revenue assurance teams can expand their roles to cover more of the end-to-end value chain. I hope you enjoyed listening to John, and if you want to hear more from him, then he'll also be on the agenda at RAG London 2018. This time he'll be moderating a panel discussion that asks what particular challenges are faced by smaller telcos when they undertake revenue assurance and fraud management, and if they can turn their relatively small size to their advantage. RAG conferences are free for telcos and regulators, so come along and join us in London on April 24th and 25th, But demand is high, so register online at riskandassurancegroup.org before all the seats are taken. We're expecting that RAG London 2018 will fill all 170 seats of the main auditorium at BT Centre. And that's all for episode 32 of the Comms Risk podcast. Thanks to John Preston of Tesco Mobile for permission to share that excerpt from his presentation. You can find more podcasts from commsrisk.com or subscribe for free via the iTunes store and you'll never need to worry about missing a future episode. And don't forget to check commsrisk.com on a regular basis for news and views about risk management, business assurance and related topics in telecoms. I'm Eric Prescounts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.